Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. What's that all about right there? Here's a thought. The sacrifice of everything is worth giving up everything for what you gain in following Christ. Just keep, keep that thought in mind. Everything that we have is, is not worth as much as following Christ is worth. Does that make sense? That guy gave up everything he had for something worth more. And that's the whole idea behind discipleship. That's the whole idea behind following Christ. That's the whole idea behind this parable that we're going to look at today. And uh, I'm very, very excited to share that with you. Let me just share one little piece of information that uh, Josh touched on it earlier, is that small group leaders or journey group leaders, if you're interested in being a journey group leader, this Wednesday at 6.30 is when we will meet. We will meet right in this room next door to us, and it'll be a great time of just training to be a journey group leader. If you're interested and kind of wanted to figure out what it's going to look like to be a journey group leader, and you're not sure yet, but you want to check it out, check it out. It'll be a great time. So it's this Wednesday at 6.30. If you haven't signed up, sign up, and we'll also communicate with you through email as well. So it's going to be a great time. The big thought for this series has been this, is Jesus desired to paint a picture of the way heaven works by telling parables. It's our role to have tender hearts, open eyes, and listening ears to understand what Jesus wants us to know about how heaven works while we live on earth. So he wants to give us this, this heavenly picture. But Here's the thing that I think is so important, is that he doesn't want us to just wait until we get there. He wants us to experience heaven now. And there's a way to do that. There's a way, and it's not like you can earn it. It's not like you can buy it like this guy did, where you buy it and then you, you fix it up. The beauty of this is that it's a free gift. But it does cost everything. And I'll make some sense of that in just a moment. It does cost everything. It's a free gift, this salvation, this heaven, this eternal life, this relationship with Jesus. There's not a thing that you can do to earn it, but it does cost everything. Let me make some sense of that. We've talked about the, pa- the parable of the sower, or what I would call the parable of the soils, the condition of your heart. We've talked about the unmerciful servant. We, we, we've had a great time there. And today the big question is simply this is how does the kingdom define discipleship? How does the kingdom, what does heaven, how does heaven look on discipleship? How does, what, what does discipleship mean? It means be, being a follower, being a committed, loyal, undivided, um, absolute committed uh, follower of Jesus. And <clears throat> is being a, a follower worth it? Is the cost of following Jesus worth it? I think that's a fair question. Lots of people ask that question. Why should I follow Jesus? What is it going to cost me? All those kinds of things. And the truth is, this is the point where Jesus kind of thins the herd. <laughs> it's a hard message to hear, but this is kind of where it comes down to the, the, where the rubber meets the road. This is the unpopular part of Jesus' message sometime, but I don't think it's unpopular if it's put in the right context, because heaven... The kingdom of God is worth everything. 
There's nothing better. There's no better way to live. There's no better way to, to think. There's no better way to treat each other. There's no better way to experience life than in the context of how the kingdom works. And I'm talking about the kingdom of God. The way God does things. The way God perceives things. The way God uh, uh, handles, handles life is the way we want to. And if it costs everything to do that, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. In Matthew chapter 13, we have two parables. They're short ones. They're little guys. But they're powerful. So listen to this. Matthew 13, verse 44. <clears throat> the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then, his joy, and, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. So listen to it again. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought the field. Now here's, here's a little bit of background for this story. Is that had he found it and taken it, legally speaking, it would have belonged to the owner of that field. And so that's why he hid it again. It's because he found it. But he realized, if I take it, it's not mine. So the first thing he had to do was go and find a way to buy this field. He knew that the value of the hidden treasure was bigger than everything else he had. Did you hear that? The value of the treasure was greater than everything else he had. And as a result, he went and he sold everything and came back and bought the field that the treasure was hidden in. Now that he owns the field, that belongs to him. So let's clear up one little issue before this goes too far. Is You may think, well then I need to go sell everything so I can have Jesus. No, that's not the way it works. Okay, That's not the point here. The point is that there is a value worth giving up everything for. That's all. It's not that you can earn it. It's not that you can buy salvation. It, but it's worth becoming a disciple, a follower of Jesus. This is the real power of this story. And so uh, one author puts it this way. The kingdom of heaven is worth infinitely more than the cost of discipleship. Did you hear that? The, the kingdom of heaven is worth infinitely more than the cost of discipleship. And those who know where the treasure it lies, joyfully abandon everything else to secure it. Those who understand the value of heaven, those who understand the value of a relationship with a Jesus that would die for me on the cross, those that understand the value of, of, of a heaven that promises me eternal life and eternal relationship with God and with you. Look at your neighbor and say, I am going to live eternally with you. Yes, that is a reward. That is not, that is not a threat, okay? <laughs> Don't look at it that way. <laughs> really? I'm not sure I want this whole thing. And the beauty of heaven is that we get new bodies. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Let me just say, that, that, you know how somebody's on the level when there's a bubble in the middle, right? <clears throat> We'll all have perfect bodies. 
Another part of heaven is that there won't be this tension of sin. There won't, we won't live in a fallen world. We'll live in a, in, a, in a risen, resurrected, holy, righteous, everything we sung about just now. We're going to live in that world. We're gonna, I, don't, I don't understand heaven completely, and I would be, I'd be a heretic if I said that I, I totally understood it. But I believe it's just going to be one of those most amazing places. I think it's going to, like I've talked about before, there's going to be all kinds of Mexican food there. And, um, <clears throat> it's going to be amazing. Is it worth everything? Is it worth everything? See, we have to get in our heads this idea that everything that, that we have now is, is worth giving up so that we continue to follow and be an undivided, un, uh, a completely committed follower of Jesus Christ. That's what he demanded of those that followed him. And this is where people would say, no, I'm not sure I want to do that anymore. And I'll illustrate that in just a minute. But the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. And the kingdom, of, the value of the kingdom is always higher than any other form of life, any other experience that we could have. Anything that, that we tend to hold on to is not worth anything comparison, in comparison to the value of the kingdom. I think it's really important for us to understand that, that <clears throat> everything means everything. It means our, 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 our time. I know we, t we tend to go to money when we talk about everything, but it, it means our time. It means our talent. It means the way we think about life, the way we plan, all those kinds of things. Is God involved? Is God connected to your plans? Is God connected? Is he the one guiding and driving your life instead of you? You know, is he, is, he, is he doing that Jesus take the wheel thing? Has he got the wheel or do you? Who is driving the car? The next parable, which is again just a very short one. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Have you ever heard those stories of the, the garage sale that someone goes to and, and they, they buy this little bracelet for 25 cents and, and then they take it to the appraiser and it's worth $25,000? I've never had that experience. <laughs> Everything I've purchased is about what it was worth when I purchased it. This guy found the pearl. He found what he was looking for. He found this, this pearl that was the, the treasure, the, the, the value. And, and maybe he was the only one that really understood its value. But he realized that the only way he was going to get that pearl was to sell everything. And so he did. And he, he understood that there was no bargaining, that he had to pay the full price that there were no discounts. I think this is one of the, the challenges that we have grown accustomed to as Christians is that we've come, become accustomed to kind of bargaining with God. God, I, I, I like what you have. I like what you have to offer. There's a lot of peace that goes along with it. There's a lot of fun that goes along with it. But if, if I could just hold on to this part of my life, that would be great. If I could just... Uh, 
hang on to this, this, this thing that is more important to me than you could even imagine, God. I, I came in at a place where, and, and this is a, a very difficult place to be, where you have to understand that even your kids are God's. Even your kids belong to God. And you have to say, God, they're yours, not mine. Especially when they get married. I have two daughters, and I, Joshua and Caleb, or Joshua's uh, one of my son-in-law. He, he was the one that hosted this morning, and, and Caleb's in the back row here. And, and I love these guys so much, and I appreciate their faith in Jesus. And, and I'm just so fortunate. And the fact that their names are Joshua and Caleb, two of the guys in the Bible that had faith, and I'm so glad they live up to that. They live in faith, these guys. But I had to say, God, they're your kids. They're, they're your daughters. They're not just mine. And I had to release them so that I could be freed up instead of trying to parent them even after. And I still get tempted to do that and, and probably do on occasion. But we have to give everything up to God. It all belongs to him. It doesn't mean that God's going to do some crazy things with them. But although I've prayed that they don't get called to Africa like Joshua's parents are called to. Um, although I would bless them if they were. But I would like, God, me, you and me need to have a talk. <laughs> Africa's too far away. I'll call them to Camarillo. There's something about the kingdom of heaven which makes extravagant action the only proper response. You hear that? There is something about the kingdom of heaven which makes extravagant action the only proper response. When we come in contact with the reality that the kingdom is real, that heaven is real, that the relationship that we have with Jesus is real, there's only one response, and that is, here, take everything. I want to be a part of this. I want to have a part of this. I want to be a part of what God is doing. I want to be a part of what God is asking of me. I want to do whatever God wants because I know what he wants is going to be better than what I'm trying to hold on to. It's powerful. It's powerful. And I think it's a struggle for all of us, especially in America, where we kind of define blessing as prosperity. I'm not saying prosperity isn't a blessing, but I'm saying it can be a curse. It can be a curse. And only with the right mentality, only with the right thinking can people with wealth honor God. And without that right thinking, it can go all wrong. Let's look at Matthew chapter 19. So this is the illustration of the message. If, if we want the hidden treasure, and if we want the, the, the pearl, then this is what it looks like. In Matthew chapter 19, we find that just then a man came up to Jesus... And asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? What good thing must I do to get eternal life? In other words, how can I achieve, how can I achieve eternal life? How, what, what do I have to do to get that? And Jesus first points him to the right perspective, 
Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, the only one who is good. There's only one who is good, and he's pointing to the Father, I would imagine, that Jesus is even probably pointing up to the sky and saying, there's only one good, and that's God. And he could have pointed to himself, but he, he's put, helping this man in his perspective, in this, in, in this uh, a pre-resurrection perspective. He's helping the, 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 the man understand that he, there's only one good, and that's God. If you want to enter eternal life, keep the commandments, he says. And, and which ones, he inquired. Well, Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the response was, I, all these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? So this, this man is realizing that although I've done all this, something's still missing. Something is still not right. Something is still uh, keeping him from having this confidence that he's in right relationship with God, that he has eternal life to look forward to. There was something in his soul. And many times in our humanity, in our moments of life, we're missing something. Something's missing. And what we need to ask ourselves is, what am I holding on to that's keeping me from getting to where I want to be? Right? What am I holding on to that won't let me get over here? So Jesus answers him. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, and this word perfect is not a good representation of the Greek word, which means undivided loyalty or full-hearted obedience. If you want to have an undivided loyalty to God, Go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come follow me. This is the meat and potatoes of this message. This is the meat and potatoes. Now, this isn't about riches. This isn't about wealth. This is about the heart. This is about where our hearts are. And, and this is where we have to be careful not to negotiate and say, God, you know, I'm, my heart is so into you as long as you don't ask me for my money. <laughs> my heart is so into you as long as you don't ask me for my kids and you want to do something with my kids that I don't want you to do. My heart is so into you that I, I, I'm good as long as you don't ask me for my time. Or more time than I want to give because I have a lot of other things that I'd really like to be doing and I'd love to do. And I just love my bowling team. I'm, I don't know. That's just a weird one. <laughs> this is where Jesus thins the herd. This is where Jesus cuts out the, 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 the wheat from the chaff. This is where people... Make a decision. This is where all of us make a decision. This is where all of us kind of go, whoa, what does that mean? And some of us live a negotiated life with Jesus. And we try and say, okay, Jesus, I'm willing to follow you as long as you am. You know, but you got to understand I got this going on. I got this going on. I don't, really don't want to give up this. And I, I, we negotiate. And I'm trying not to be too specific because I think for all of us it's different. I'm very intentionally not saying it's this or that or this or that. 
but, but God calls us to give up whatever we're holding on to here to follow him here. And what we have to understand is that the worth of this is nothing compared to the value of this. And there's a reward. There's a reward. Discipleship comes at a sacrifice. I love what uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I don't know if you know who this guy is, but Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a, a disciple of Christ. He wrote a book called Cost of Discipleship, and it's a really powerful book. He ended up uh, giving his life for Christ at the hands of, the, of Nazi Germany um, because he spoke out against the Nazis um, <clears throat> uh, during that war. And he simply said this, he said, costly grace was turned into cheap grace without the cost of discipleship. Costly grace was turned into cheap grace without the cost of discipleship. In other words, what we need to understand is although Jesus is calling us to a free salvation, he is not calling us to a free <clears throat> discipleship. Following Jesus means we give him everything. Why? Why does that, why is it required? Why is it part of the deal? Why can't we just say, yes, Jesus, I'm good. I love you. I think it's amazing that you died for me. I think it's amazing that I get to spend eternal life with you. But I don't want to give everything to you. Why is that such a big deal? Because what that does is it takes the cost of grace, the life of Jesus, and cheapens it. By saying, let's negotiate this. And Jesus is saying, no, I really, if you're going to follow me, it means you give up everything. Now, again, I want to come back to this and say, it doesn't mean that you can't be rich. It doesn't mean that you lose your kids. It doesn't mean that you have to, 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 you'll never enjoy life again. I think following Jesus is the most enjoyable experience I've ever had in my life. And you say, well, you're a pastor. You're supposed to say those things, right? <laughs> if you, if, if, you wouldn't be much of a pastor if you said, man, this, play, this thing, can I say it? It sucks. <laughs> you're right. I wouldn't be much of a pastor if I said that, but I wouldn't be much of a human being if I was lying to you. Is it easy? No. I've gone through stuff I wish I would have never gone through. Vanessa and I were talking about before the service, and she um, unfortunately lost a friend to COVID uh, just a, a year ago. She said, Pastor, I would have never wanted that to happen in my life, but there, there were stages in her life and seasons that God was building her life that she went through to set up the future. I've often said your current pain is setting you up for your future blessing. And, and it's true. And so faith in Jesus isn't always easy, nor is it always the way we want it to work out, nor is it the way things we want to go. But when, it, when Jesus is in control, when he's guiding, there's so many things that come together that are rewarding and that are a blessing and that are powerful and meaningful. Costly grace was turned into cheap grace without the cost of discipleship. Jesus was saying... Sir, if you want to truly follow me, then you must give it all up and have an undivided loyalty. That word perfect, if you want to be perfect, if you want to have an undivided loyalty, if you want to be completely in 
then you have to get, let go of everything over here and follow me. See, discipleship is following Jesus. It's going wherever he wants you to go. It's doing whatever he wants you to do. It's being whatever he wants you to be. It's saying all the words that he wants us to say. And I struggle with all of that. Every day, there's, there's this tension that I'm like, I want this Jesus for me. I want this Jesus for my kids. I want this Jesus. You know, can we negotiate? And at the end of the day, I have to say, it's all yours, God. It's all yours. My kids, my time, my money, my wishes, my hopes, all of them. Why? Because everything that I want is not worth anything in comparison to what he wants for me. It's beautiful. It's amazing. There's nothing better. We just have to realize that and be willing to say, okay. When we cheapen following Jesus to a bartered relationship and a legalistic achievement, it is no longer discipleship. We can't cheapen it. We can't negotiate it. It has to be all or nothing. Verse 22 is a tragic passage. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. We've confused, that one of the interesting things in America especially is we've confused what blessing is. Everyone would look at this young man and go, man, Jesus, what, what, why would you take his blessing away? Why would you take his wealth away? Why would, you, why would you tell him that he has to sell it all? Because he wasn't blessed. He was holding on to the one thing that was keeping him from following. Jesus. Let's not confuse blessing. The blessing is knowing that we are in right relationship with Jesus Christ and we are following him with our whole undivided heart. And when we are doing that, we are blessed no matter how much is in your bank account, no matter how much recognition you have, no matter how many followers you have on Instagram. No, it doesn't matter if you're in right relationship with Jesus. That's the most blessed place to be. Now, is God calling us all to just empty our pockets and say, here? Yes. In the sense that we are to empty our pockets to him. And as we do, and I'm not saying, don't misunderstand me. This isn't about money. This is about our heart. So our heart has to be all in. And everything that our heart is in has to be there. The Bible says, "Put store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where is your heart? Is it in heaven or is it in here? Is it in your 401k? Is it in your calendar? I get it. I get it, man. The tension of taking care of your family, all those kinds of things. And there are responsibilities that the Bible talks about. And, and, and I was talking to somebody this week and I said, man, that is a weird tension. That the Bible tells us to talk about our family uh, or take care of our family and, and, and yet sacrifice everything. And how, how do we do all this stuff and balance it all? Well, that's for you and Jesus to figure out. Really? 
Really, because I, if, if I were to tell you that, that would, that would not be appropriate. We could sit down and we could talk about it and we could pray about it and we could work it out and we could play with paper, but at the end of the day, you have to be satisfied that your whole heart is in Jesus' hands. And as long as you are there, then I believe you're right where God wants you to be. Verse 23, then Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because their, their sustenance, everything, they believe, and it's, it's, it's true for many um, people who have given uh, uh, their lives to make wealth. They believe that they're self-made people. And they want to hold on to that self-made. I'd rather be a God-made person than a self-made person. In verse 24, again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter into the kingdom of heaven. We don't know what happened to this rich, young ruler after this conversation. We don't know. We know he walked away. The impression is, is that he left. He didn't go with what Jesus was encouraging him to do. And the call today is simply that. Is what are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with discipleship? Discipleship is that undiv undivided commitment to following Jesus with everything we've got. Commitment to, to walk wherever he wants us to walk, to give whatever he wants us to give, to, to do whatever he wants us to do, to say whatever he wants us to say. All of those things. And as long as we are there, everything else falls into place, right? There are beautiful gifts that God has given people, including um, serving, including hospitality, including giving, including all of these things. So there's a myriad of things that God uses to, to help us follow him and to walk in his steps. And as long as we're in that place where he's gifted us and he's enabled us and he's empowered us to do it, we can be satisfied that we're undividedly following Jesus with our whole heart. The kingdom is worth everything. What is the kingdom? Life with Jesus, eternal life, at peace with Jesus, new bodies, a new heaven, a new earth. All of that is promised us in the future. And there's nothing on this planet that is worth or equal to what that promise is. It's worth giving up everything to follow Jesus. What do the angels understand that many of us want to negotiate? The angels get it. The angels know there's no negotiating. There's nothing better than heaven. The devil made that mistake a long, long time ago when he tried to negotiate with, with God. And God said, you're out, dude. He took a third of the angels with him and two-thirds are still up there going, this is the best place to be. Why would we be any smarter than an angel in thinking we could negotiate something? The big question is, how does the kingdom define discipleship? The kingdom defines discipleship as everything must be in God's control. So that's the big question today. We, we know the treasure. It's heaven. 
It's relationship with Jesus. We found the hidden treasure. Whether you've stumbled on it like the, the guy in the hidden treasure part or whether you've purposely gone after it and said, I'm going to figure out what this faith in Jesus thing means. And I've found it. It's Jesus. All, the, all the, 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 the picture says is that we have to give everything when we come to Jesus. And when he has everything, then heaven and the kingdom takes over. And we experience the blessings of heaven. All relationships must be had and managed in light of Jesus' love and grace for us. Priority is always given to Jesus. That's what discipleship means. Is the cost of discipleship worth it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Giving up everything is worth gaining more than everything you have right now. And as long as we have Jesus, we have everything. What will you do with him today? Let's pray. God, quite often I know I personally struggle with wanting to hold on to things here on this planet. I enjoy what we call the prosperity of this world. I enjoy those things and want and wish those things sometimes. And sometimes they get in the way and, and I worry about them or I give more time than they deserve. Or I, I struggle with the time or even um, releasing my kids to you, God. Sometimes I struggle with that and I just want today, God, for all of us to be that simple surrender of everything to you. To all of it to be in your control. All of it to be in your hands. All of it to be where you want it to be. So that, Lord, we can be, have confidence that we are living in the kingdom life, not the worldly life. Not the halfway life. Not the negotiated life. But the, the kingdom life. And I pray for every person in this room, Lord, that we would all commit totally to you. That our agendas, our schedules, our time, our talents, everything is in your hands to be used for your glory. And I pray that you would have your way in our hearts. Lord, our, our flesh struggles with these things often. And Lord, we want simply to give them all up to you right now. And to release them to you. And I pray your blessing on every heart and every mind in this room. Lord, I know that there's, I venture to say there's not a person in this room that truly desires to give everything to you. Help us to do it, Lord. Help us to, to, to deny the flesh, to put, put away our own wishes and desires, and to let go of those things that we're holding on to that are keeping us from experiencing the fullness of what you want in our lives. Help us not be like the rich man who walks away, but help us to walk toward you right now. I pray, Lord, for all of us that are struggling, all of us that have those inklings to want to hold on to this world, help us to let it go so that we can have and experience the kingdom life that you want for us. Thank you for these teachings. Thank you for your word that, that penetrates our hearts, that speaks to our hearts and our circumstances so that, Lord, we would not do anything less than walk with you, in step with you every day. Thank you, Jesus. And right now, Lord, we just give everything to you. We give it to you. Take all that we have so that we can experience all that you have. Bless those around us that they would see that 
the joy of, of giving our lives to you has been not a loss, not, a, not a, 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 a digression in life, but it's progress. It's moving forward. And God, give us that ability to bless others with the blessings you've given us. Empower us to live a life that's far beyond our imaginations. Empower us to, to experience the joy of serving you. Empower us, Lord, to know what it's like to live the kingdom life now. Not just waiting for, the, for our, our death and our entry into heaven, but Lord, now we can experience you in your fullness. Let us be a church full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us be a church full of your grace and mercy. Let us be a church full of commitment and undivided devotion to you. And I thank you and I praise you for that. And maybe you're here today and you have yet to experience a relationship with Jesus. Maybe today you're feeling that tug and that pull from Jesus saying, Come, follow me. Give me everything. And you want to do that for the very first time. You want to maybe, maybe you're coming back to faith and you want to recommit your life to Christ. Today's the day to do that. And simply by saying, God, forgive me of my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross so that my sins could be forgiven. Thank you for raising from the dead, which I believe you were risen from the dead. And today I declare that I accept your salvation in my life and I commit to follow you with everything. And if that's you, we just pray the simple prayer. If you're online, you can just pray the simple prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross so that I could have my sins forgiven in this today. And I am now clean and whole and pure. And I believe that you were raised from the dead. And because of that, I now can experience and will experience eternal life with you and with all my believing family. And I commit to follow you with everything. Take everything in my life and I will experience the kingdom life from this point on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.